The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. It was a fantastic weekend, especially if you roster Jose Abreu and Manny Machado. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today on a Monday, August 24th. Frank Stample here alongside Scott White and Chris Towers. We're nearly halfway through a 60-game season, so that means I can take victory laps on Abreu and Machado, right? That's how this works, guys? Sure. Um, I mean, Machado's heated up to a point that his numbers look like they were expected to look in the first place. So I guess I guess that's something to get excited about. Yeah. But no, I did think about you over the weekend with Jose Abreu hitting six home runs. Uh, wow, Frank must have moved up a lot of spots in the standings. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, don't, I, I wish I had more shares of both of those guys. I, I didn't wind up with enough. I don't know why. It just worked out I mean, like five days ago, you had plenty of both of them, maybe too much. So, you know, we're still at that point in the season where a victory lap can turn into a pity parade in, you know, six games. So, you know, let's not let's I'm just saying, let's not go anointing uh, everyone unless it was someone that I liked, in which case uh, we don't have to wait at all. Yeah. And I have a feeling we're going to talk about a player that you like uh, pretty soon. But let's uh, let's get that started. Oh, my goodness gracious. This edition will be. The waiver ad of the week and take it away, Susan. Oh my good goodness gracious. All right. Chris, I'll give you first dibs at the oh my goodness gracious waiver wire ad of the weekend. And it is It's gotta be Tristan McKenzie. Yes. Who uh, struck out ten in his major league debut. Uh one strikeout for every pound that he weighs. Um <laughs> he is alarmingly skinny, but man, was he awesome in his first start. He uh was able to, I think he averaged 95 miles per hour with the fastball, got a, a good amount of swinging strikes with that pitch. He just, he looked electric. And he was someone who I mentioned a few times in the preseason just because, like, he, we don't, we didn't know what Tristan McKenzie was anymore at this point, but because he hadn't pitched since 2018. And really since, like, I think it was like almost two years to the day, like four or five days off since the last time he pitched in a game um, before his debut. And so he could have lost a lot, but this guy was a really, really good prospect before all the injuries. Uh, and they weren't, I don't think they were like shoulder injuries or Tommy John surgery. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like an abdominal issue and then something else, but he, I, I thought he did have a shoulder problem, but I can, I'll check. He might've, 
but it wasn't, I guess that wasn't the reason he missed two years. He had a different injury. It was, it was sort of like Jamison Tyone where like part of it was an elbow injury for Tyone and part of it was another type of injury. And so in McKenzie's case, we just hadn't seen him in two years. And so he was kind of out of sight, out of mind. He was still a top 100 prospect, but man, he looked awesome in that first start. And, you know, I I think he's, it's so hard to say that he's a must add player just because we don't actually know how long they're going to need him in the rotation. On the other hand, who who doesn't have a pitcher they could drop for a guy who just did that. Yeah. on, On the other hand, if he does that again, there's no way the Indians can take him out of their rotation, even as good as, you know, Mike Clevenger obviously would be back in the rotation eventually, but you know, maybe Zach Plezak doesn't get back in the rotation or, you know, yeah. Life finds a way. They, they need, the Indians need a starter at some point this week, I think Wednesday and they're being, you know, they're, they're being kind of sketchy. They're not, they're not being very revealing as to who they're going to bring up, but they did say, they did say that McKenzie at least earned one more start. So he is going to get another turn in the rotation. And I suspect they'll then give him another turn if he performs well in that one. Um, you know, that they don't have room for McKenzie, Clevenger, and Plesak is the thing. But right Clevenger and Plesak, I mean, at, at this point, now that they have another option here in McKenzie, it's possible that they do start playing the service time game with one or both of them because they are like, uh, I think like two weeks away from uh, them getting another year of control. And they there's keep them uh, down. you know, trade deadlines coming. Yeah. And there were, I believe there were some Mike Clevenger whispers in the off season. Um, so, you know, this is an Indians team that really loves shedding payroll while staying competitive. And if Trinston McKenzie can keep this up, they very well could shed some payroll and stay competitive. Speaking of Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak, they both threw five innings in a in simulated games at the Indians' alternate site this weekend. I have no idea when Clevenger and Plesak are going to be back, but Tristan McKenzie was awesome this weekend. Ten strikeouts, six innings of one-run ball. Obviously a really nice matchup there against the Detroit Tigers. He is 47% rostered on CBS. Scott, how much fab would you be willing to spend right now on McKenzie? Well, I was regretting how much fab I already had spent on other players because I didn't have enough to get him in in any of my fab leagues. And I was very excited to pick him up because he did look electric. I was surprised he was able to, they left him out there for as many pitches as they did coming straight up from the minor league site, you know, regardless of him missing a full year with an injury. Uh, By the way, it was a, it was an upper back injury last year, but there, there was some question as to whether it had to do with weakness in the shoulder and he did mm-hmm. miss time with a forearm injury in 2018. So he has had some arm problems, okay. but regardless, he's up now and he's performing now and, and pitchers who perform particularly that can be picked up are few and far between. So yes, that's very exciting to pick up. Uh, if you want me to pivot to my own, Oh my goodness gracious waiver wire claim of the weekend. Before you do that, Scott, did you say how much fab on McKenzie? Oh, I never gave you an answer, did I? <laughs> um, I don't know. A quarter? 
It's really hard to say right now because <laughs> like you might, like, I think I was looking at one of my leagues the other day and someone had $4 out of a hundred or 200. Yeah. That's and, probably uh, not going to get other it done. People had like 180. And so like if you're the $4 person, just skip ahead, hit that forward 30 seconds button. Cause you're not going to get Tristan McKenzie. If you like, if you have $180 left, you could probably spend half of that. Yeah. Like he looks, he has the potential to be that kind of can't miss uh, waiver wire ad where at this point in the season, it's halfway done. Who else mm-hmm. are you going to spend it on? I keep thinking though, which is why I'm down to so few fab dollars. Oh, it's not going to get better than this. And then <laughs> something better happens. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is relative to what you have. It's relative to what you've been seeing the rest of your league do with uh, whenever a new player emerges on the waiver wire. So you kind of, it, it's, it's a really hard question to answer in a vacuum. All right, Scott. Sorry, so you sorry for that cop out. You don't have much fab left, which you yeah. just told us regarding McKenzie. So if you're not going to get him, who is someone that you might be able to get? Well, he's been rostered in all of my leagues already for a long time, but he's still rostered in only 60% of CBS Sports League. So I think it is time for the rest of the fantasy playing world to wake up to Corbin Burns. We're back. Who is back in the rotate and is setting it afire with his arsenal of power pitches, missing tons of bats, allowing very few hits, it's actually kind of absurd for, and obviously he spent some time in the bullpen, but it was like long relief, a lot of, a couple of three inning outings. Um, yeah, the strikeout rate versus the hit rate, that w- whatever ratio that would was be. Was it double? I don't have it pulled up, but it's, it's big. It is. <laughs> he has 29 strikeouts coming into today. Sorry. Uh, coming in today, he had 29 strikeouts to 10 hits. He allowed five hits and seven strikeouts. So it's 36 to 15. So more than double. Wow. More than double. Yep. And, there have been some walks. It's a little concerning, but I think I I think this stuff is clearly overwhelming. And I I suspect that as he's stretched out more, the walks that walk rate will drop a little bit and you'll end up starting him basically every week. And, you know, again, the fact that he's still available in 40% of leagues is just, I'm, I'm not sure who fell asleep to cause that to happen. And his, his BAPIP is not actually that low. Uh, it's 259 right now, which is low. You know, you don't expect him to keep that up. Obviously, he had a 414 last season. Um, but it's not so low that you think, that that's what's driving him being good. It really is that he's just been really hard to square up and uh, he's not allowing any contact. Yeah, and I think you're probably going to use him if you have him on your team this week because he's going up against the Pirates again. So that's a solid matchup. So if you're looking for a single start stream, a good matchup, Corbin Burns this upcoming week. Oh, he is better than a stream. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's in my... 10 sleeper pitchers for this week. His fastball is still getting hit pretty hard. It's worth saying. Um, he has sort of moved to the cutter being his primary pitch against lefties, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, it was his primary pitch. Like he threw it 40% of the time today. Yeah. And honestly, given how hard the four seamers gotten hit, he had a 672 X slug last year and 740 coming into today's game. 
that might not be a bad idea. It might not be a bad idea for him to just ditch the four seamer. It's not like it's allowing him to hit the strike zone anyway. I'm going to go with Justice Sheffield from this weekend, guys. And we've talked about Sheffield quite a bit here, but against the Texas Rangers on Saturday, six innings of one-run ball, five strikeouts. That's three straight quality starts in a row for Justice Sheffield. Um, He's allowed just two earned runs during his past three starts with 16 strikeouts to just two walks. So I think that is the biggest key for him is that the command has looked much better for Sheffield recently. Um, 43% rostered. He's at the Angels this week. Not really a great matchup, but I'm pretty intrigued by what I've seen. Scott, can you rank uh, McKenzie, Corbin Burns, and Justice Sheffield if people need a starting pitcher to add? Uh, I think I actually have to put Burns ahead of McKenzie, which... I mean, it's not like I was racing out to grab Burns in all my leagues, but like I said, he, I already knew he was picked up. So, yeah, I'll go Burns, McKenzie, and then Sheffield, a distant third. Where would you put Sixto Sanchez? I would put Sixto Sanchez between McKenzie and Sheffield. That's what I figured. So Sheffield is last, even with... Of those four. Yeah. yeah, with Sixto Sanchez. I mean, I, could, I would put other... I'm sure we could come up with some pitchers I'd put behind Sheffield. Justice Sheffield or Marco Gonzalez? <laughs> Actually, Marco Gonzalez. He's he's good, man. That's like the Chris Towers special right there. That's, that's nobody nobody wants to admit that Marco Gonzalez is good. That's a I great will put Martin duo. Perez behind Sheffield. There you go. There you go. That 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 seems to make sense. We'll have more on the waiver wire a little bit later on in the show. We saw our first decent sized trade of the season happen on Friday. The Phillies acquired Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry to help shore up their bullpen. Uh, the Red Sox received Nick Pavetta and Connor Seabold in return. Uh, Brandon Workme- Workman then promptly blew his first save for the Phillies on Saturday. He gave up a two-run double to Matt Adams, and he just tried his best to do it. We like The game just ended not too long ago on Sunday night, and he was trying his best to blow that one too. So the game ended on a play at the plate. Uh, it seems like Workman is the closer for now for the Phillies, but... Uh, it's not great. I, I mean, Hector Neris was terrible on Saturday too. It's right. worth pointing out. I don't think he pitched today. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, Workman was already rostered everywhere. The reward saves. So I'm not really sure that you there's any, any way to react to this in fantasy, but like, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned he's not going to solve their problem. I, he had a 123 batting average against last year, which is the second lowest for any pitcher ever. And uh, it seemed like it'd be difficult to sustain for beauty. He walks a lot of guys. Brandon Workman does. So I'm a little worried about him lasting in that role. You know who walks even more guys? The guy who may replace him in Boston. Matt Barnes <laughs> has nine walks in 11 innings so yeah. far this season. Yeah. And you were talking about Matt Barnes before we started, Chris. I know that you're a big fan. So... How aggressive would you be on Matt Barnes if you needed saves? Look, like he's probably going to be a high threes ERA guy with a high whip. That's what he's been the last few years. He's going to get a lot of strikeouts. He had 110 and 64 in a third innings last year. Uh, he walks a lot of guys. He's at 4.3 for his career, 5.3 last year, 7.4 per nine. Uh, the whip is going to be a problem for him. And on a team like Boston where um, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school when I say that wins and saves might be hard to come by. I don't necessarily think he is uh, a priority ad. 
You know who would be the priority if you wanted saves? He's rostered in only 22% of leagues is Emilio Pagan. Emilio! Who I think is being overlooked because he has a 623 ERA so far, but I do actually think he's Trust good. the track record. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Drew Pomeranz is out for who knows how long with the shoulder strain. So they've already lost Yates for the season, Pomeranz now, and uh, looks like Pagan's going to be in that role for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we actually had a lot of closer news from over the weekend. So Pagan has now picked up saves on both Friday and Sunday. So I agree, if you need saves, you want to be the most aggressive with Pagan on a competitive Padres team. And last year, Kirby Yates just led the league in saves. So there should be a ton of opportunities on that team. And then with the Pirates, we saw Keone Kella is day-to-day with a forearm injury, though their GM downplayed it. Richard Rodriguez picked up a save on Sunday. He's 3% rostered. The Rays placed Nick Anderson and Chaz Rowe on the 10-day IL. So a gentleman named John Curtis picked up the save for the Rays on Sunday. So there. that's going to be fun. Tampa Bay, Alvarado's as always. out, too. Yeah. So who's left in that bullpen? Diego Castillo. But he's been used in like his normal setup. He's kind of just used all over the place, like wherever yeah. they need him. Yeah, uh, uh, they are. They might be pretty close to getting Oliver Drake back, so he might be back in our lives as a prospective save source. It would be interesting to see them try Jalen Beeks in the closers role. He's been really, really good this season, uh, but more in like a swing role. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's a bunch of lefties coming up that you see him in the ninth inning. It's just yeah. the way that the Rays like to uh, kind of match things up and and. I, I believe he picked up a save last week against the Yankees anyway. Uh, Tanner Scott for the Baltimore Orioles picked up a save on Sunday. Cole Solcer threw 33 pitches on Saturday, so I don't really think there's much to see there. Joe Jimenez, you want to talk about bad. You brought up Matt Barnes is bad. Joe Jimenez is quite bad. He recorded just one out on Sunday, allowed a three-run homer. Uh, Jose Cisneros stepped in for the save. He has a 1.76 ERA this season. He is exactly 0% owned. Scott, if you missed out on Emilio Pagan, would you look at Richard Rodriguez? Would you look at one of the Rays guys? Or would you look at Jose Cisnero of the Detroit Tigers? Well, what's interesting about the Tigers situation, um, I don't know. I guess it could be Cisnero. I I actually think Gregory Soto is even better. Uh, ERA is higher because he had an outing where he gave up a couple home runs, but I actually think he's better. So I'm, he had already pitched obviously when Cisnero came in. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out. Um, Did you mention Giovanni Gallegos? I'm not sure how available he is, but he looks like he might've been, he might be reinserted to the closer role now after Andrew Miller had a couple of shaky outings uh, on Saturday, I believe it was, Miller started out the eighth, got two outs, and then Giovanni Gallegos got four outs, I think, without allowing a base runner. Correct. And then on Sunday, Andrew Miller worked early in the game as well. And it didn't end up being a safe situation, so we didn't see Gallegos. But I think it might be Gallegos' job now on the on the down low. So he is fifty eight percent rostered. He might be uh, yeah. he might be available in some, you know. Shallower leagues, some ten-team leagues. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know who I thought about speculate? Who actually I actually did speculate on in a couple of my deeper rotisserie leagues. This is Jordan Romano, 
of the Blue Jays who got a save, I believe, Friday or Thursday recently. And his numbers have been pretty awesome. 0.69 ERA, 19 strikeouts in 13 innings uh, with only four walks. And I think Anthony Bass, his pat, he made a couple appearances this weekend that were not the kind of usage you'd normally see for a closer. So Jordan Romano, I think, is, is who I'd prioritize after Pagan, presuming Gallegos is already rostered. All right, so you would go Gallegos, you would go Pagan, and then Romano, and then everyone else is kind of after that. The Pirates guys. Uh, yeah, Rich I mean, I, I like Richard Rodriguez. Yeah. I just, I, there's not, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they haven't shown much of a of motivation to go to him the past couple years when they had closer openings. So I'm, I'm just kind of suspicious of what's going on there. Craig Kimbrell was used in the eighth inning on Sunday. He walked two, he struck out two. Jeremy Jeffers picked up his third save. So that continues to be a headache as well regarding the Cubs. And then Taylor Rogers picked up his sixth save of the season Sunday but allowed another run to score. His ERA is up to 5.23. We have talked a lot about Sergio Romo recently, so just remember the name, Sergio Romo. And, you know, if you own Rodgers, you might want to own Romo as well, specifically in a head-to-head categories or in a Roto League. Some news and notes. Ronald Acuna took on-field batting practice again on Sunday. MLB.com's Mark Bowman suspects that Acuna could be activated ahead of Tuesday night's series opener against the Yankees. So cross your fingers. That would be awesome to get Ronald Acuna back. Mention what's going on with Clevenger and Plesak. Labor Torres, quad and hamstring, ran at about 50% on Sunday and said afterward that, quote, I don't feel any pain. We're looking at two to three weeks for Glaber Torres. Speaking of the Yankees, James Paxton was also placed on the IL with a forearm injury and will be shut down for two weeks. Steven Strasburg is having season-ending surgery because of his carpal tunnel syndrome, which means that he will be at a discount next year in drafts and will wind up being awesome because that seems to be the trend with Steven Strasburg. That's the way to draft Steven Strasburg. You draft him when nobody wants him and you fade him when everyone does. The Cardinals are considering whether to have Carlos Martinez stretch out at their alternate training site or return to the team sooner in a relief role. So I guess that's another name to pay attention to for the Cardinals if he's using the bullpen. Obviously, he was very good last year as the closer for the team. So uh, just pay attention. Carlos Martinez, the Blue Jays placed Matt Shoemaker on the 10-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. Pedro Severino departed Sunday's game against the Red Sox due to right hip flexor tightness. So pay attention to his status before uh, your weekly lineups lock on Monday. Justin Turner was not in the Dodgers lineup Sunday because of a sore hamstring. Will Smith was activated for the Dodgers, which meant Kybert Ruiz was sent back to their alternate site, and Will Smith actually homered in his first game back on Sunday as well. Michael Brantley was activated off the IL for the Astros and was in their lineup. The Mariners placed Dylan Moore on the 10-day IL with right with a right wrist sprain. Salvador Perez was placed on the IL with that eye injury. Like, there's so many... I'm just reading off. There's so many names that are being placed on the IL. Scott, uh, if you owned Salvador Perez... You're looking for a catcher to add in a one-catcher league. Would you go with Joey Bart, Yadier Molina, or Sean Murphy? Oh, Bart. Bart, I think, has doubled in all three of the games he's played in, including once off the bench. Very, 
Very How can you strong off first the bench. It's in foul territory. <laughs> <laughs> Very strong first impression for Joey Bart, and uh, I think somebody in a one catcher league probably could use him. Chris, if you're in a two catcher league, who are you most interested in here? Chance Cisco, Jacob Stallings, or Austin Hedges? Uh, I think it's Chance Cisco. Uh, the strikeout rate is absurd right now. He's struck out 20 times in 53 plate appearances, but he's walking a decent amount. He's a uh, former top prospect. So I, I would, I would bet on uh, some of the talent there is where, how, where's Jorge Alfaro as far as roster rate. He's I Alfaro can... away. <laughs> uh, pulling up the roster percentage for Jorge Alfaro. It 32%. is 32. Yeah, 32. He, he would be, he would definitely be one of the uh, guys I would want to look for, um, you know, in a two catcher league or even in a one catcher league, you know, if Bart's not there, uh, Alfaro, you know, he's not a great bet, but there's certainly talent there. Ryan Mountcastle was promoted by the Orioles on Friday. He went a combined three for nine with three walks over the weekend. He is 22 percent rostered uh scott where would mount castle rank on this group of hitters randall grichuk wilmer flores robbie grossman and mount castle rank those four uh i will go uh okay so i will go i uh, you know grichuk was terrible over the weekend <laughs> i mean like not surprisingly. Yeah, not surprisingly. He probably didn't become a brand like we've. You know, he has power. I, I, I yeah, um, that's my point. Is I, I'm not sure we need to be giving him preferential yeah. treatment at this point. Uh, I, I, it might be Mountcastle number one, especially if you need first base help, which a lot of people do. He's starting out eligible there. He's going to pick up outfield very soon here. Uh, you know, I can't promise he's going to be great right out of the gate but if i was i made an upside comparison for him on twitter when he got called up to to jose abreu but it now seems a little ridiculous because that was six home runs ago but you know (laughs) in terms of being a highish batting average guy with 30 homer potential but doesn't walk much i think that's what we're looking at with mount castle upside wise so i'll go mount castle one then I'm I'm gonna go with Grossman two, Grichik three, Flores four. Gosh, man, no respect for Randall Grichuk. I've been I've been beating the drum a little bit for this guy. Yes, we know who he is, but he's doing things a little bit differently. He's striking out less. He's hitting a lot of line drives as well. So I I will say this: if any of these four, including Flores, was available in like a a twelve team roto league with the five outfielders, you know, full roto lineup. They wouldn't be available for long because they'd putting in be putting in a claim for them. That's the kind of that's the caliber of hitter we're looking at on the waiver wire in that format. If you're wondering what to do with your Mets, they've had no further positive tests, and if everything checks out on Monday, they should be able to start their scheduled series with the Marlins on Tuesday. Let's hit up the waiver wire and talk about some of these other names that performed well over the weekend. Uh, we already spoke about Sixto Sanchez and Tristan McKenzie, but uh, let's just talk a little bit more about Sixto Sanchez. Chris, I don't know if you caught this game or had the opportunity. You know, yeah. 
see some highlights, but you know, what were your takeaways from Sixto Sanchez? Five innings, three earned runs, four strikeouts, zero walks. He averaged 98.5 miles per hour with a fastball in his debut. Sixto Sanchez looked exactly as advertised and pretty much exactly how he looked in the minors. Um, good control, not as many strikeouts as you think he should get given the, the amount of, you know, sheer stuff he has. Um, and that's kind of been the story of his career. He's overpowered people, but not necessarily by getting a ton of strikeouts. Um, he looked really good. He's an incredibly talented pitcher. Um, and I, I think you should look, if he's out there in your league, you should definitely go try to get him. I think he shouldn't be on waivers in any leagues. Uh, there are rare opportunities to get a talent like this uh, mid season. And given the fact that, he was just okay in his first start, and Tristan McKenzie was awesome. Uh, you might be able to sneak Sixto Sanchez in for a relatively low bid. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily know if there's ace fantasy upside. Let's it, stick with it, was, the- it was the third best debut I think we've seen from a starting pitcher this year after, okay, fourth best. I'll, fourth best. I'll go McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie, followed by... Um, I'm forgetting all of their names. Casey Mize and Dane Dunning. It was and just, then, it was sort of Dustin Mayish. He had a 12.1% whiff rate. And, you know, whiff rate in one start. How telling is that stat? But he did have eight whiffs on 66 pitches. That's pretty good. And he got three each on a slider and changeup, which he threw a quarter of the time. So, like, this looks like a fully fleshed out arsenal here for Sixto Sanchez, which oh yeah, uh, makes, no, me, makes me optimistic. He's going to be pretty good from the start here it's just what what de- what degree of good is he going to be uh stick with the marlins eliezer hernandez i don't think that he's considered one of the stallions right from last year uh, who technically well, was it was like pablo lopez yeah it trevor, was like richards. trevor richards pablo lopez and caleb smith caleb were smith. kind of the primary stallions and then there were ancillary stallions you know like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, like yeah. sandy alcantara was like a, an auxiliary stallion um, auxiliary style like a pony yeah um and uh you know eliezer hernandez is i think he's okay he's pretty good yes he is he is maybe not just a one pitch pitcher anymore uh you know that that might sound sort of like faint praise but you know his career has mostly been defined by his slider being really good and then nothing else being particularly impressive but uh, he's gotten somewhat better results with the four-seamer so far this season. And, you know, if he doesn't get hammered on that pitch, he does have a true, really, really excellent put-away pitch. All right, Scott, I'm just going to list off a bunch of names that are available, widely available in CBS leagues right now from the weekend that had pretty impressive starts. So, Eliezer Hernandez, Danny Duffy, Five innings of one-run ball against the Twins. Dakota Hudson, four and two-thirds. Uh, only one hit allowed against the Cincinnati Reds. Matthew Boyd, uh, he's 64% rostered. He's probably been dropped in a lot of leagues, but completely changed his pitch mix over the weekend. Started throwing his changeup a lot more than we've seen before, and uh, the slider took a back seat. We had the Giants guys. Tyler Anderson threw a complete game out of nowhere. Logan Webb was awesome Friday. Trevor Cahill, all three of those guys were really great over the weekend. Um, Martin Perez, Quang Hyun Kim was good. Six shutout. Um, Annabelle Sanchez was very good on Sunday 
And then Luke Weaver, where, you know, we might actually be allowed to sing his name again. That's how good he's been. So Weaver, Anibal Sanchez, Kwang Hyun Kim, Martin Perez, the Giants guys, Dakota Hudson, Danny Duffy, Eliezer Hernandez. Does anybody stick out to you from that group? I think the one who the one who we didn't already have some hope for, who's actually shown something different this year and maybe elevated his stock as a result. I think it's Eliezer Hernandez, who Chris just talked about because the whiff rate is, has been so good and, you know, he's mostly been limited to five innings at a time, but been very impressive. And you look at his minor league numbers. I know one year he had just had ridiculous numbers down there. So, um, Eliezer Hernandez is somebody who is worthy of some note in in all formats. I'm not saying he's must add, but like he would be on the short list of players that I'm adding in most of my leagues. Um, you know, I Matthew Boyd is obviously was the most drafted of this group coming in, and is still rostered in a good number of leagues. But his last two starts. Like it, it seems like he's trending the right direction here. He gave up he gave up a lot of home runs two starts ago, but got a lot of whiffs with the slider. It was his best whiff game by far this year. And and what's most interesting about this start against Cleveland is he actually didn't use the slider that much. He leaned mostly on the changeup. Didn't get as many whiffs, but obviously the outcome was good. So I don't know if He's still figuring out his arsenal, clearly. Boyd is. He knows he needs more than just the slider, even though it's his best pitch. He actually had a good line about there being chocolate cake in the fridge, <laughs> and but you need to eat more than chocolate cake or something like that, referring to the slider. Um, so if like the changeup is going to become something, maybe that's it. That fully rounds it out, and he can he can really take that step forward finally. I I don't think we need to, I don't think we need to bury Matthew Boyd, even though. He's not trustworthy right now. I totally get that. But aside from Eliezer Hernandez, he would be the only one on this list that I have any real enthusiasm for. Can you repeat that list for the listeners? Yes. It was Luke Weaver, Anibal Sanchez. Luke Weaver too, sorry. Quang Hyun Kim, (laughs) Martin Perez, Trevor Cahill, Logan Webb, Tyler Anderson, Matthew Boyd, Dakota Hudson, Danny Duffy, Eliezer Hernandez. So it's like a who's who of a bunch of pitchers there uh, outside of the ones that we obviously led off the show with. Tristan McKenzie is at the top of the list, uh, I would assume, and Corbin Burns. Uh, but yeah, lots of pitchers. Quang Young Kim, I actually don't mind him as a sneaky start this week going up against the Pirates. Chris, Teoscar Hernandez has now homered in three of his last four games. He's up to 10 home runs. Is he a must-own player, even in a points league? I really struggle with this because he's never been that before. And I'm not sure, like we've seen stretches where he hits a lot of home runs before. And that's never made us think that Teoscar Hernandez was someone who needs to be on your roster in every league. And like, he's still striking out way too much. His plate apparent plate discipline is really bad. And so I just, I have a hard time believing that he's all of a sudden a very different hitter. I think he's probably just really, really hot. And I guess you can add him while he's hot, but like I have a hard time seeing him being worth starting in a three outfielder league. He has a 61% hard contact rate, according to Fangraphs, which 
I can't pull up the leaders right now. I would have to imagine that's yeah, I mean, up there. Fifty nine point seven percent on on baseball savant yeah. too. He is hitting yeah. the ball incredibly hard right now. It's just, it's probably just a hot streak. He does have four steals also after stealing two bases on Sunday. So ten home runs, four steals, and obviously he's owned in all category leagues. I would assume with about seventy five percent. That's his that's his roster percentage, right? <laughs> So I'm I'm sure he's owned in, in all of those leagues already, but in the the like the thing is if you do need an outfielder in a three outfielder points league, the Blue Jays have really good matchups. So if you're if you're you know scouring the waiver wire anyway, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to take a chance on Hernandez, see if you can put together another week like this with good matchups. But man, my my overall takeaway is the same as Chris's, where it, it's just he's hitting the ball harder. That's really the only change we're seeing. I'm just not sure that's something you can count on him sustaining all season. And his, his already bad plate discipline is so much worse. This <laughs> He's up to 38% out of zone swing rate, down on swing rate in the zone from 73% to 64%. Uh, first strike rate up, swinging strike rate up. Basically, everything you would want to see on a plate discipline basis is moving in the wrong direction and I mean, look, if you're hitting the ball as well as he is, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't walk. Um, but he probably can't keep this up. Since I've been apologizing a bunch recently to players and fantasy owners, let's apologize to uh, Jake Cronenworth because I have not given this guy enough credit for as good as he has been thus far for the Padres. He has now started 10 straight games for them. He's batting 347. He has an OPS over 1,000. He makes a ton of contact. He walks a lot. He's a 31% line drive rate. He has first, first, second, and shortstop eligibility on CBS. Is 37% rostered. Played six games this week with three of those in Coors Field. Uh, Scott, how excited are you over Cronenworth, at least for this week, the rest of the season? He's been pretty good. Uh, you know, I was waiting for him to become an everyday player, um, which, yeah, a couple lefties he's started against even. So that looks like it's something that's happening. And crazy thing is about Cronenworth, I mean, you mentioned he hardly strikes out. As good as his overall numbers are, and, you know, he's batting, what, like 350 with an OPS over 1,000, his expected stats are even better. His XBA is 402. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's the amount and quality of contact that Jake Cronenworth is making. And, you know, it's... It's not many at bats, but he's hit lefties well too. Uh, like you said, triple eligibility. Yeah, that's that is somebody we need to start giving a lot more credit to, and and in points leagues too with that kind of strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited. Three games in Coors Field this week too. Look, I just think if you need yeah. to plug any of those positions, I was reading the names earlier. Everyone's hurt. Everyone's on the IL, so yeah. someone like that can really, really be of uh, of value in fantasy moving forward. Chris, a few other hitter names. Uh, I'll just do what I do with the pitchers and just read off a bunch of names and you tell me if you like any of these guys. Miguel Rojas returned on Friday with a three-run homer off of Patrick Corbin. Yandy Diaz, three straight multi-hit games. He's got a 64% ground ball rate. Don't love that. Uh, Brian Reynolds, six hits over the weekend. Luis Garcia, three hits and three runs scored on Sunday. He is batting 357. Isaac Paredes hit a grand slam on Friday, three more hits on Sunday, and then Steven Piscotty has multiple hits in two of his last three, and low-key, he has 21 RBI this season. So, 
I thought that was pretty interesting. Piscotti, Paredes, Garcia, Brian Reynolds, Yandy Diaz, Miguel Rojas. Any interest there, Chris? Yeah, there are a handful of interesting hitters there. Obviously, Brian Reynolds was, you know, very startable last season. I don't think he's just, con- you know, con- content- completely lost it. Sorry. And uh, so, you know, if he's available, he's probably the priority. And I would say Luis Garcia is probably second for me. Um, and, you know, th- this is something that I- I've talked about a little bit so far this season. But, you know, with the fact that we don't have any minor league games, Luis Garcia was if not the youngest player in his league last year, one of the youngest, he just turned uh, 23 months ago. He turned 20 in May. So he was 18 for the first month of last season playing, I believe in double a the whole year. Um, so it is possible that he took a huge step forward and we just didn't get to see it coming because he wasn't playing in games. Uh, he is a top prospect, even though the numbers haven't quite shown it. And uh, he is definitely the guy I'm most interested in here. Scott, don't think that we're going to let Brian Reynolds. Don't think that we're going to let you off the hook there, Scott, because we haven't heard the phone ringing in a while. But I wasn't sure if this new microphone would pick. <laughs> oh, it up. I didn't hear it. I heard it. It I was very. It. This wow. was. Uh, this is actually a tweet from Chris that I just now got. I think he oh, sent it like 20 minutes ago or longer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was about how hot Justin Thoreau is in season three of The Leftovers because, my goodness. Oh, I need Ooh, to talk to you about The Leftovers. That beard. <laughs> man, he showed that's just like, oof. Oh, man. Chris, hot and bothered here on a Sunday night. Fantasy baseball today. Gotta love it. Some deeper league ads. If you are desperate. For an outfielder, Cedric Mullins has started eight straight games. He has 11 hits during that span. He hit leadoff Sunday as well for the Baltimore Orioles. He is 2% rostered. If you need steals in a deeper format, Miles Straw really does not play all that much, but he has five steals, and he is one of the fastest players in all of baseball. And Justin Dunn, I don't know where this came from, Scott. Against the Rangers Sunday, six innings, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts. Any interest, even in deeper league? I mean, he was a prospect of some note coming in. Uh, 15 whiffs in this start. I mean, it's a very good start independently of all the others. It's just he had shown nothing in the previous starts, and I can't tell, I can't see anything that's changed. So I'm I'm not saying nothing has changed for Justin Dunn, um, but you know, based on the evidence in front of me, um. I, I'm just going to call this one a fluke for now, and we'll see what it does next time. The drop-o-meter. Let's fire it up. Chris, we'll start with you. Adrian Hauser at the Pirates on Friday. He did go seven innings, but allowed four earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, 71% rostered. This is now three lackluster starts in a row for Adrian Hauser. Where is he on the drop-o-meter, Chris? Like a five. I've hung on to him in my points leagues where he's uh, RP eligible. Um so it, it's not a priority to drop him. Scott, Jake Odorizzi was hit with a line drive on Friday. He went just three innings, five earned runs in that start, only one strikeout. He is 79% rostered. Jake Odorizzi. I think he landed on the IL, too, with a chest contusion. Oh, that I, I will go seven on Odorizzi. John Lester. Wowee. It was only a matter of time. But against the White Sox on Friday, 
Eight earned runs over three and two-thirds innings. I know it seems ridiculous that we're talking about John Lester, but he's rostered in 88% of leagues, Chris. So where is he on the dropometer? Like a six or seven. He He's not someone who needs to be on your roster in a even a 12-team points league, especially. Um, totally fine dropping him. Yeah, I was thinking like 10, honestly. <laughs> Um, Lance yeah, Mc- I mean, if you look, if you play in a twelve-team runner league, like it's hard to find pitchers whose arms are still attached. So fair. Uh, Scott Lance McCullers was at the Padres on Friday. Another interesting name. Like it feels like we shouldn't be talking about Lance McCullers dropping him, but four earned runs over five innings, just two strikeouts. He's really only had three solid starts, and those came against the Mariners twice and the Giants once. So. Where are you at with Lance McCullers in terms of dropping him? Yeah, he's he's searching for it a little bit. First year back from Tommy John surgery. I think, you know, two turns, oh, it was three turns ago at this point where he had one seven, one hit innings and then followed up, that up with a solid start against the Mariners. So, I mean, if you just look at his last three starts, two good, one not so good. I think he's trending the right direction and I would... I mean, it'd have to be a really shallow league where I'm like, my lowest player is Lance McCullers and I need to pick up Tristan McKenzie. And, uh, you know, I'm not even sure that's a move everybody should make. So I'll, I'll go three on Lance McCullers. I would definitely drop him for Tristan McKenzie for what it's worth. Okay. Andrew Heaney allowed five earned runs over four and two thirds on Friday. His ERA is up to 5.52. Chris, Andrew Heaney. He always hurts me. <laughs> I'm always like, like he has a 316 FIP. He's getting a lot of strikeouts. His control is still decent. I, I still want to believe that Andrew Heaney can be good. Um, I would definitely drop him for Tristan McKenzie. Uh, so I'll, I'll say it's a five or six. Tariq Skubal was not much better in his second start. He did get a lot of strikeouts at Cleveland, uh, but two and a third, three hits, one earned, five strikeouts, 69 pitches to just get the seven outs that he recorded. Scott, where are we on Tariq Skubal? I dropped him in our 16-team podcast for the People League, so mm-hmm. I guess I guess I'd go eight here on the drop-a-meter. I mean, the talent is evident, but is he going to progress enough that he's usable within... Over the next five weeks, basically, um, soon enough during that stretch for you to actually justify reserving a roster spot for him. I, I'm skeptical about that. Of course, he could go out and dominate next time out, and then we're all rushing to pick him up. But I, uh, I, I think in most leagues, I could find options on the waiver wire I'd prefer to have instead. Scott, where are you on the does Matt Manning get called up if Tariq Skubal continues to be underwhelming? O meter. <laughs> He's the third of the Tigers' big uh, pitching three. Yeah, and and they did say he was behind the other two yeah. in terms of development, which wasn't so obvious coming into the year. Um, but I mean, they, the fact that they showed a willingness to call him Mize and Scoobal already, like I expect to see Matt Manning before the year is done. So could it be in place of Scoobal? I don't see why not. Or a Matthew Boyd trade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seems more likely. That would. 
not be surprising if we saw Matthew Boyd traded. Take a quick break. Just remind you to drop a five-star Apple podcast review. If you can, we'd appreciate it. Leave a question. We'll answer it on a future podcast. And join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash fantasy baseball today. Lots of interesting questions, some discussion on there as well. It's a lot of fun. So make sure to join our Facebook group. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, I have some sell-high candidates, potential sell-high candidates, and we'll look at the rest of the action from this weekend here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Should we be trying to sell high on these pitchers right now? And is it even realistic? Can you get anything good in return? I guess we're about to find out. Scott, Dallas Keuchel on Friday against the Cubs. Eight innings, one run. ERA is down to 2.65. He does, however, have a 3.97 XFIP. He's changed up the pitch mix this year. His sinker usage is down 18%. He's throwing more cutters. He's throwing more changeups. Uh, do you think it's realistic to sell high on someone like Dallas Keuchel? He might still have some name value in some fantasy circles. If you can trade him for Carlos Carrasco right now, is that something that you would do? Carlos Carrasco had another not great performance on Sunday, four earned runs over three and a third. So where are you at with Keuchel and potentially trying to sell him for Carrasco, Scott? I mean, I'm fine with that. It's it's kind of like the trade I recommended last week, Zach Wheeler for Luis Castillo. If you can do like a combo, sell high, buy low. I, I think Keuchel's good. I think he's definitely not great, but, you know, good counts for a lot at starting pitcher right now just because there's so much, there's so many people just trying to, hold it together there at that position. So when you you have one that's strung together this many good starts consistently uh, and you offer them to a guy who definitely needs pitching, I, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to get some bites on that, but you need to make sure you have enough pitching to account for that loss. Fair. Yeah. Regarding um, Dallas Keuchel, look, he's been very good, but you know he's just doing it the Dallas Keuchel way. He's not, it's not flashy. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts. He's getting a lot of ground balls. Uh, and then, What I love about it, is uh, he joined the White Sox and immediately started throwing his cutter more <laughs> because Don Cooper, 
just can't help but be Don Cooper. Yeah. Uh, but it could be working for him. You know, he he actually has, Keuchel actually has the third highest swinging strike rate of his career, which, you know, is a pretty long career at this point. He hasn't gotten many strikeouts with it, but maybe, maybe he'll start to. I don't know. Chris, I'll throw two two names your way. Uh, Dustin May, five innings of one run ball on Saturday against the Rockies. He has now allowed two runs or less in all six of his starts. He's got a two seven nine ERA, but a four point three zero xFIP. And then our boy Randy Dobnak, <laughs> five innings of uh, two run ball on Saturday against the Royals. He has allowed two runs or less in all six starts. He's only reached six innings in one of those. It seems pretty obvious the Twins are not going to let him go very deep into starts. Do you think it's realistic to sell high on either of these names, Chris, Dustin May, and Randy Dobnak? I think if you could get a top 50 starting pitcher for Randy Dobnak, I would do it right now. Uh, I would give up. I would give him up for Dallas Keuchel for sure. Uh, he's like, I, like, yeah, he's like, he, he's like aspiring to be Dallas Keuchel. Right. Yeah. Like he, he makes Dallas Keuchel look like Chris Sale. <laughs> like pre-injury. You know, like, Randy Dobnak has a 13.5% strikeout rate right now. It's not impossible that he can continue to be effective uh, at that strikeout rate, but it's going to take a lot of things to go right, and you shouldn't count on everything going right for him ever moving forward. Like That's just really hard to do. Um, Dustin May, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the perception of Dustin May is, uh, if there are people who think he could be an ace or is an ace or even is like a starting pitcher number two, I would try to trade him because I just, I think his approach caps his ceiling. And like, if you want to trade him, go to twitter.com and do like a search for pitching ninja, Dustin may, <laughs> and just send the results to the person you're trying to trade him for. Because when you watch Dustin may, he looks way better than he actually is. I think he's good. I just think he might be like Marcus Stroman. Yeah, look, and that's not a bad thing necessarily, no. but there is a lot of hype around him. He has, he has an 8% swinging strike rate, so really yeah. just does it with two pitches. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. So, uh, yeah, look, I if you could turn, if you could trade Dobnak or Dustin May for like Lance McCullers right now, Chris, is that something you would try to do? I'm less uh, optimistic about McCullers than Scott is right now. Um I just I think he's throwing his fastball and change up too much and needs to get back to throwing the curveball. It's his best pitch. Um, but nothing's stopping him from doing that. Right. He's just not yet. And right. um, I'm just I'm less optimistic about him turning it around than uh, I believed I would have been before the season. So um, I, I don't like I don't dislike the idea. Lance McCullers is. Like if if you can find someone in the top forty, um, yeah, I would do that. Like Carlos Carrasco, if I could get Carlos Carrasco for either one of those guys, I would do it in a second. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Carrasco either. Uh, the only thing that's the only thing in his line that's worrisome right now, or in the underlying stats, is just that he's walked so many guys, which wasn't even the issue today against the Tigers. He gave up. He just started getting hit hard in the fourth inning for some reason, a couple doubles, a couple home runs. Um, but I, I think the stuff is intact and I think you'll figure it out. These players were on fire over the weekend. I mentioned Jose Abreu and Manny Machado. Abreu, seven hits this weekend, six of which were home runs, three 
homer game on Saturday, a triple dong. We don't see that very often. He finished the week with 64 and a half fantasy points four on CBS Sports. Too. What's up? Four at-bats in a row. Tied the major league record. Yeah. For home just, runs. Oh, gosh. He is awesome. 64 and a half fantasy points. It's just, wow. It's insane. Manny Machado, uh, multiple hits in five of his last six games. He added his eighth homer and third stolen base of the season on Sunday. Trent Grisham, four hits on Saturday, including a triple dong as well. Trey Turner, if you were ever worried, hopefully the steals continue to come, but six hits this weekend, including his fifth homer, his second steal, now batting 316 with a 949 OPS is Trey Turner. Uh, Travis Darno, three more hits on Friday, hit a home run. His expected batting average is 331. He's averaging the second most fantasy points per game for catchers behind only JT Real Muto. So Travis Darno has been awesome. Uh, you Darvish, think it's time to uh, get him inside my top 10 starting pitchers rest of season. On Sunday, seven innings of one run ball, 10 strikeouts, just one walk. His ERA is down to 1.70. And Kyle Lewis, Kyle Lewis got eight-game hitting streak, including three hits Saturday, his seventh home run of the season he hit on Sunday. The emails are rolling in regarding your Kyle Lewis takes, Scott, to which you say? Well, I, I think the way I worded it for Kyle Lewis was um, Kyle Lewis is not good. This is the hill I will die on. I may have been overstating a little. I, I may not need to actually die on that hill. I maybe can just, you know, get beaten down to the point that I'm, I'm still, like, coherent enough to recognize that, okay, there are some things changing here in Kyle Lewis's skill set that backs up the production a little more, like the strikeout rate, which started out awful this year, just like it was last year. Suddenly it looks... Like, good. It doesn't even look okay. Survivable. It looks good. He's just real, stopped striking out. Real underlying improvements there as far as, like, his swing rate overall is down, but his swing rate on pitches inside the strike zone is actually identical to last season. He's yeah. just cut his swing rate on outside of the zone pitches from 36% to 22%. And that's massive. That's a really good way to avoid strikeouts is if you stop pitch, hit it, swinging at pitches you can't hit. And, you know, his contact rate on pitches outside of the strike zone and inside of the strike zone, they're both up a little bit, but yeah. his overall strike uh, contact rate is way up because he's swinging at fewer of the pitches that he can't hit. And so that's mm -hmm. uh that's a really good sign. And even in terms of like how hard he's hitting the ball, I mean, it's, it's, he still doesn't rank very high there, but like it's, it's gotten better since I last looked at it. <laughs> so yeah. he, and then you look at the expected numbers 297, expected batting average 524, expected slug. I mean, those are obviously good numbers. He's, I don't think anyone would try to argue that he's actually as good as his overall numbers suggest, which is, you know, like a 360 batting average, OPS nice. over a thousand. Like still he's not going to sustain that is he going to be good enough to be a starting caliber fantasy outfielder all season long i i mean maybe if if i have him i am i am hoping for that outcome now i am not just trying to sell him i am thinking that's a definite possibility kyle lewis is actually good maybe not great but actually good for what it's worth like he's been a power standout so far in his career 249 iso uh 217 this season that's the part I might be most uh, skeptical about. 
you know, he, his max exit velocity through, uh, you know, what a 50 games over two seasons or 60 games is 110.9 miles per hour, which is fine. But usually, you know, if you're talking about a really good power hitter, it's usually a little higher than that on the max, uh, like eight, 10.7% barrel rate, 33% hard hit rate, 87.8% or 87.8 mile per hour exit velocity. I think he's probably more just like an average power hitter. Uh, but with the gains he's made as a strikeout, uh, you know, in terms of his contact rate, it could be enough. Some weekend leftovers. Uh, Kyle Lewis, by the way, is a top six outfielder in, in points leagues right now. I don't think that that is going to remain, but, um, you know, he, he has made some tangible changes this season in terms of his plate discipline. So uh, it's really it's nice to see things are, are coming together for him. Uh, some of the leftovers from the weekend. Aaron Nola had a clunker on Friday. He had this to say, I got myself in a lot of bad counts, a lot of 2-0 counts. Nola said, it's hard to pitch when you're that far behind. Three walks, leadoff guys on base. It was pretty bad all around, all night. Again, that was Aaron Nola. I don't think there's any concern here overall. I think everyone's kind of due for a bad start here or there. Again, for Aaron Nola, Zach Davies. I mean, gosh, like, how long is he going to keep this up, Scott? Eight innings, two earned, seven strikeouts against the Astros. It's not the same lineup because they're missing a few people on Saturday. But three runs or less in all six of his starts. He's got a 303 ERA. Mm-hmm. What yeah, are we doing I, with uh, I, Zach Davies? Are we just continuing to, to throw him out there? He's he's a little different this year. He's a better version of himself. He's he's made his change up his primary pitch and which, you know, kind of an oxymoron there. But it 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 was always his best pitch, so that makes sense for him to do. And uh it's still like the ratios still aren't good. They're just better. They're not terrible anymore. He had, like he has a four sixteen X FIP, which, you know, if he's pitching deep into games, it's gonna make him a decent streamer type pitcher, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect more than that from him in the it long just, run. It should be said he had a one thirty eight ERA through six starts last year and was <laughs> below three through fourteen. So let let like the most likely outcome is Zach Davis is being dropped everywhere in a month. Well, and I probably should have probably put him not in a month because the season will be over. But right. yeah. <laughs> I probably should have put him in the sell high candidates. I, I think he's another one in that mold. I think if you can get, you know, like a Carlos Carrasco for him, that's probably like the prime buy low candidate that we keep I would trade up. him for Matthew Boyd even. I'd rather Okay. Yeah. I'd rather stash away that upside. Lance McCullers. I would rather have. Mm-hmm. Uh last but not least, Alec Bohm and Dylan Carlson on the same day hit their first career home runs on Sunday. Three hits for Bohm and Dylan Carlson went two for four. Guys, is there anything else that you wanted to add from this weekend? Um there was a lot as usual try to get through as much as we possibly can. Anything else? Uh, Dylan Cease is not bad. He isn't. He's actually been uh, quite good. Six innings of two-run ball, five strikeouts, three walks at the Cubs this weekend. Outside of his first start, two earned runs or less in five straight. I just don't know why he's getting so few strikeouts. That's the thing that's really hard to make sense of. He has a 16% strikeout rate. Um, You know, given the stuff he has... And the fastball is playing up even more, you know, in terms of velocity. But uh, all of a sudden, his whiff rate on that has collapsed. And um, that's that's a little concerning. But given the fact that he's managed to be 
you know, pretty effective so far without, you know, harnessing the full potential of his stuff, uh, I think is a reason for optimism. I would like to say, yeah, I agree. I mean, the whiffs have gone up the last three starts for CZ has been using a slider more. And this was, this was a rare test against an actual, actually a pretty good team in the Cubs when he's been mostly facing bottom feeders. He has a bottom feeder this week in the Royals. Um, the XFIP is 463. So if the whiffs don't come yeah. around, I still think in the long run, it spells trouble for Cease, but he's trending the right direction. I wanted to mention, since we kind of, we, we mentioned the name, but not exactly what he's doing. Wilmer Flores, he homered in uh, a third straight on Friday. I think he's up to seven home runs on the year. It, it I don't see anything in the underlying numbers that would suggest he's a changed player. I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I think he's always been a pretty underrated player, makes a lot of contact, decent power, and he's getting to play every day for the Giants. Has a lot of versatility, but his best stretch of the season, I think, is it's pretty safe to say it's behind him already. That'll do it. Oh. No, no, it's not. That, that will not do it. Chris, final thoughts? No, I was just going to like, did the Giants moving the fence in have that big of an impact actually we'll talk about this over the next couple of days because someone sent an email yeah that's um, something uh, i want to look into. about offense being up in oracle so that is something worth looking into and we'll, we'll talk about it over the next couple of days for scott and chris i am frank thank you all for listening and watching fantasy baseball today on our youtube channel we'll be back again tomorrow Bye bye okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.